catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Up ahead this hour, we'll have for you Book of Odes with Charlie Storer and Status Update with John and Shirley. But first up today, let's get things started with Here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, November 6th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have with us Natalie So. Hello. Jake Chen. Hello. I am once again Andrew Ryan. Today is election day in the United States. Uh, we will have absolutely no results for you in today's Here in Taiwan because... <laughs> It's about Taiwan. It's not our thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, because it's still early, very, very early uh, in the day. In fact, I think uh, polling probably hasn't started at this point uh, as we're going out for our very first uh, frequency and scheduled uh, radio broadcast with here in Taiwan. Uh, what we are going to be talking about in today's program is we are going to be... Um, discussing the most popular last name. We have the latest figures for you here in Taiwan. Can you believe there are some towns and villages where more than 50% of the people have the same surname? And we should mention, when I say last name, actually Chinese surnames go in front. So technically it's not a last name, but it's a family name. Mm. But I think everybody gets the drift, right? Also, we're going to tell you about a student complaint uh, that came after someone posted a photo of him on the internet of him doing... Something very naughty. Uh, and also, we're going to tell you about how um, almost a million people flooded the greater Tainan area over the weekend for what? For a video game. We'll tell you all about that in today's Here in Taiwan. Don't go away. We're going to actually get things started with a different story than any of those three I just mentioned there. I always like doing that, previewing the stories that we don't talk about first. Uh, should children be obliged to pay their parents once they are adults themselves and are out in society and have jobs of their own? Uh, do you, Nally, you're, you're looking as though I'm you're thinking, thinking about your like, own kids. Yeah, I like, think they need to pay me back for everything I do for them. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to say and that? all the money that we spend on them. <laughs> uh. You can walk up into them when they t- get their first paycheck at their first job and you like snatch out of there. Payback time. <laughs> 40%. Uh. So what, what is the story about there, um, Jake? Tell us about that. Right. Uh, the question of whether or not uh, children should be obliged to do so has been an ongoing discussion, I say, for years, if not decades. Um, and uh, it doesn't stop in an internet uh, age. It just uh, it gets, you know, gathers more and more attention. So the lady story goes, um, a young lady uh, who's currently making uh, a bit less than 30,000 New Taiwan dollars a month, which is roughly uh, between eight to nine 
100 US dollars. Um, she said her mom asked her just an exorbitant amount uh, of, you know, to ask her to pay her every month. Uh, her, her mom asked her younger brother to do that too. And the reason she gave is that I've been, you know, feeding and bringing you guys up for, you know, a better part of two decades. Now I'd like to retire and I would like to get paid 20 um, something thousand dollars a month. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. So, they all live together? Uh, they don't. They no longer live together. Oh. I mean, that's they like, can't afford it. That's like a basic salary, right? $20,000 a month? <sighs> right. That's like 800 US bucks, roughly? Yeah. That's a ton of money here in Taiwan. Yeah, if you don't have to pay rent uh, or a lot of rent, you can make a decent living here with with that um, uh, money per month. So, yeah, um, she posted that question on the internet. She said, you know, it's not like I don't want to pay. It's just, you know, I'm just beginning my career and I don't have oh. a heck of a lot of surplus per month. And yeah. Well, I think mm. there are a lot of factors at work here. I mean, Taiwan doesn't have a good social security network. There's no, I you agree. Know, they don't have retirement pay. A lot of people don't have it. They don't have 401k. Right? Yeah. And, and there's a saying that you raise children to take care of you when they're old. I mean, right. physically and, and financially. But there's definitely no contract or anything. So, But I think maybe she had that in mind. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she probably and she did. She wants to take a break. Would they you ever do that to your kids, Nally? Not that. No, no. I don't plan on them. I'm not planning to count on them. But I hope that they, you know, just think treat, about treat you me at well. Christmas time, treat right? Treat me well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all. So. I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's just like, it's, it's not like you would never write it down. You would never expect a certain figure or something like that. But you just, you want your kids to be, be nice to you, right? Right. And, you know, to be there for each other if we really need each other in, in emergencies or whatever. But I, yeah. I don't expect them to... But that's, uh, that's what you would expect out of, of of anybody that you're close with, too, that they would do similar things for you, right? Right. Um, obviously, your your kids have the added layer of you having <laughs> taken care of them for so long, right. right? So, I mean, I think I think there's there's a different relationship you have with your kids than you have with maybe your brothers and sisters, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that kids should take care of their parents when they can't take care of themselves, whether it's getting them the help they need. Mm, absolutely. I think she's pretty blunt about it, huh? I want to retire, so give me my retirement. <laughs> like right now. And I think they don't have the extra money. I mean, if they were doing really well financially, mm. those two kids of hers might be a different story, right? Right. Absolutely. So yeah. So this should never be a mandatory or, or, or legal thing. You can't thing. take it for granted, right? I, I wonder, is there a law about this? Yeah, there are laws. I think there, there are, are laws. Books. No, there are. Yeah, in Taiwan and, and in China, too. It's deeply ingrained in the Chinese culture. Actually, there are laws in many states in the United States, too, but they oh. don't actually enforce the laws. Um, but they can be enforced here in Taiwan. You can sue your parents. Uh, I'm sorry, sue your kids for not taking care of you. Right. So, uh, always an interesting discussion. It'd be interesting to see, you know, how this discussion uh, changes uh, in the coming years. most popular last names uh i think we have one of the most popular last names in the studio don't we mr chen Uh, you're the most popular (laughs) so i i just heard how do you feel about that i uh i guess my ancestors have done well (laughs) thousands of years ago you have uh populated the chinese earth (laughs) diaspora around the world i guess you know it's really interesting because they they actually um keep track of different surnames and how those um kind of the percentages go up and down Mm. and you know which which ones are the most graying populations um by surname i think leo is one of the uh the graying 
Oh, really? Australian populations. Interesting. Yeah. You well, and I have very strange, unusual oh, very strange. last names. People don't even know how to write it. And they're always like, what? On the phone, you know, what? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that so, was and they always write it wrong anyway, <laughs> making reservations and all that. So I'm used to it. Is it hard to like when you go up to a hotel and you, you say your last name and then they, they're looking and looking and they just can't find the reservation? Yeah, or like, you know, I'm at Starbucks. Like, how do you write them? They'll just write this, write it this way. Shing zu zu holiday. Yeah. Even though it's not true. You know, it sounds the same and I'll, I'll answer to it. <laughs> do you ever just give out your, your English pronunciation of your Well, Chinese sometimes I use my husband's name, which is easier. Okay. It's Lu, Dalu the Lu. Okay, so like, so I'm like Lu, mainland so. is what it means. Yeah, right. So, well, anyway, you know, in Taiwan, there are many towns, about 149 of them to be exact, hmm. that more than half the people have the same last name. Holy cow! You don't want to get imagine? married to your neighbor, right? Is there? But you, you know, it used to be you're not supposed to do that, but I think it's that's These gone days out the it window. Matter, yeah, right? they probably don't have a choice. So, I mean, as long as they're not like first cousins or something, right? Mm, so, sure. um, the number one place is in Kaohsiung's Nehu district, where seventy percent of the people are named Liu. <laughs> wow, seventy. And um, you know, Shirley Lin's Lin. Well, in Yunlin, sixty-five percent of people in Suhu Township have the same name. Wow. I mean, it's such a lean place that the whole county name has got a lean in it, right? Yeah. That's Yun true. Yeah. And, you know, over half the people in Taiwan have one of the 10 most common last names. Wow. So, and these are, you probably heard of them. Chen, Lin, Huang, Zhang, Li, Wang, Wu, Liu, Tai, and Yang. Wow. So, in the English service, we have a Chen, we have a lean. Uh, I think the rest are all strange. Oh, it's a bit more unique, huh? A little bit more unusual. I think Zhao is relatively popular, too. Like relatively, Probably yeah. not top ten, but yeah. And you guys are Americans. You guys don't really We don't count. count. <laughs> <laughs> You're just picked hey, up anything we, that sounds like that an English last true. name. That is not true. That is not true. And I'm really weird as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. It's also interesting is that, um, you know, our tycoon Harry Guo, um, his last name is the one that has the most real estate. They looked into that. Mm, interesting. Oh, wow. The people, the family name that owns the most real estate. Wow. Is Guo. And he himself probably pulled out that average by quite a bit. Probably. And yeah. So it's like a percentage of well, all of the Guo. Yeah, 28% like, of them own property. Own their own property. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a considerable percentage. Oh, I just saw somebody in the English service with a popular last name. Who? Mr. Carlson Wong. Which is that's Huang. right. Yellow. Yeah. That's in the top 10, oh, right? That's true. See? Oh. So probably the And then, you know, we have other people around us like Patty Lynn. Yeah, that's right? true. Definitely. And, um, people in Spanish yeah, service. A lot of people around us have these names. Is it Wong? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder why it's like that. Like what? Why, why are we all the same last name? I mean, why, why do so many Chinese people have the same last name? I think it's a dynastic thing, right? Or like uh, feudal feudal kings? Feudal kings and clans, they, they sort of fought each other and, and the stronger ones survived and they, they, they sort of took people from the weaker and defeated clans. Yeah, and you protect your people, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that protecting your own family kind of thing. But I think also in the States, like, you know, because you have people from all over the world, right? So you have That's Italian true. and German and Irish and, you know... It, all sorts of different Asian names and whatnot. That's true. And I think the family clan idea is so strong in Chinese culture. Yeah. I think it is too in some European cultures as well. Like I think if you went to 
like Scotland, <laughs> you would find a lot of people with the same last name. So it would be kind of similar, but like I think with mixing of populations, then that, that kind of decreases a bit. Always interesting to look into these uh, different last names. Let's uh, hope for long life and prosperity for the, the Chen, Zhu, and Rad family. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, tell us about this misbehaving student, Jake. A uh, student complained after somebody posted a photo of him doing something terrible right. on the internet. I don't uh, often say this, uh, but th- this uh, young gentleman really had it coming for him. Um, so um, he was um, he, he stuck his umbrella in uh, what we have here in Taiwan's uh, restaurants. Is you have a tray to put your uh, chopsticks and your utensils in. So he stuck his umbrella in, which is really... A mini umbrella. That's, right. That's a still pretty one. unhygienic, if I may, though, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Dirty umbrella. Yeah. yeah. And um, the uh, people surrounding him, you know, sort of kindly suggest him to, to, to take it out. And he refused to do so until he was confronted by staff members in the restaurant. So in the process, um, him not taking the umbrella out of the tray was caught by someone's camera phone and was posted on the Internet. And later on, the student and, and then one of his friends confronted this person who posted the photo saying, uh, you've really affected our personal life and uh, our school is going to take legal action if you don't take the photo off the internet. And you breached the, uh, pers- I've actually looked into it, you breached the Personal Information Protection Act and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, wow, that's pretty pretty smart kid to be able to whip that out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, whipping legal term around is the sign of someone who's threatened to sue who's really not going to sue, I guess. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So the guy who posted it said, uh, well, um, you've done what you did, uh, and I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to keep the post up. And uh, and let me guess, the school didn't um, back up the student and then try to get them to take the photo down. Because usually schools, if you do something, especially if you're wearing a school uniform at the time, right. you usually get an additional trouble from your school. Yeah. And uh, you're right, the school so far hasn't taken any action. <laughs> yeah. He had it coming. Right, he really did. Oh. Um, it, 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 you know, I hasten to add, you know, definitely most students, as far as I can tell, in, in Taiwan are pretty well behaved. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is certainly the exception to the rule. I mean, in this day and age, too, like, I, I would hesitate before I did anything stupid in public because you just know that... Someone's like, going to video f- it. Just check out our Facebook and yeah. see what happened before here in Taiwan. <laughs> 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 Andrew Ryan caught doing something foolish on video. <laughs> well, we're going to save that last story about uh, the uh, nearly a million people that showed up in Tainan. We're going to save that for the very end of our programs today. We're going to put that in one more thing. Um, but do stay tuned. We've got some more great shows coming up ahead. We've got Book of Odes with Charlie Storer and also Status Update with John and Shirley. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Natalie So. And I'm Jake Chen. Welcome to Book of Odes, I'm Charlie Storer. A couple of weeks ago, my guest on the show was C.K. Hugo Jong, a Taiwanese poet who this year has published two works, the anthology Forms of Formosa, together with a group of other Taiwan-based poets, and most recently his first major work of his own, Self-Righteous, an autobiographical collection of writings charting his growth as a poet from growing up in Taiwan and his formative experiences living in New York City. 
Today I will be reading two pieces from Self-Righteous, available from TWG Press. Slices of Apple, a.k.a. Righteous a cappella. Eden, a metropolis. Brick and mortar rise from the sea. From the Hudson River to Jamaica Bay. Concrete embers burn, igniting a skyline. Magic happens. Elation erupts. Dream flows. Newcomers roll out fresh promises. Tulips don't grow from steel. Builders have their muscles tightened and twisted. A rock for a frock, a timber into a chair. No birth anew in the race for green. Everyone is on crack when wheels turn up on the cobblestones hustling for a pot of gold. She succumbs to the ashes from the burnings, stand still in awe. Hold a book of liberty, she'll find enlightenment, then tragedy, between pop-up shops and ten-cent wings, comforts of the haunted and the saved, and yet depending on a stranger's love is to ask for trouble. Tripping on ephemeral dreams, first crush hard, later fly high, colourful yet fleeting, jump from one dot to another. A torch illuminates the hopes for lepers and leeches. Acid tears char the skin of the lonely. This circus welcomes all, cos nobody takes notice, too preoccupied. Streets are hardened for the weary. You is my anger. Out of the unnamed, trapped by bitter taste buds and salty tongues. She ain't gentle, but she righteous. A bite dent left on a sour apple. Sweats shed for the faceless, sans applause. A hand for a hand out. Merits forgotten, that's the way life goes. Choose wisely. Few are lucky to grace the rainbow room, witnessing love triangle testifying against a wasteland beacon. Some souls still get lifted to wind-swept decks on the rooftop of Empire State Building. Pavements on the bleaker and bowery, littered with empty baggies once containing used needles or leftover lunches. Shattered glasses and tomorrow's headlines. Just another number, another heartbreak. Her eyes have seen too much. A junkie shooting at noon in the corner. A tranny beaten up on a subway platform. No secrets, nor shame. Where all can see in fading streetlight. You can sell your body and soul at a right price. Get numb pleasure, or die with integrity. A game nurtured by ambition and aggression. If only built with preaching words instead, what a perfect place this city can be. Many will bleed and get to raise glass, arm arched in toast, especially after a major march. We are one and all. 
in a harvest season, to view this sprawling island from a king's perch. Sculpted in finite succulence, pick up the yields tinted in red-handed greed. Stray cats lurk in tenement alleys, claw morsels of dead rats. Why is our appetite for success becoming an erotic derailment to darkness? Anyone can bear witness to the rise of Babylon, taught endless times gone before daybreak, one hundred stories climb to skies. Labour of love, shaped like a heart, higher than all trees, or even one's dreams. Lust is to say yes without credence. Love is to say no with confidence. 8.4 million heartbeat cacophonies played out in sort of A minor, or whatever tone that sounds about right. Expose sold poor with a naked cup. Sleep never comes. Rock, river, tree. The heartbroken look no further. A rock lays at rest. A river runs by. A tree grows up. Come, appreciate what they are. A treasure is held for the doomed when we come to it, first and foremost. In this nature of opportunity, what we claim can be stripped away by a stronger force. Fight everywhere, every day, against the violence thrown at us. Our voice needs to emerge eloquently, with dignity. Why is it more difficult for the minority to take action? Collectively, we are the majority to facilitate progression. Face the humiliation that is the waste of democracy. Win-win turns out to be a delusion for biased privilege a moment with no basin to support and nurture. We are all alone in the end. Travel back in time. When a river meanders, a rock wanders, a tree branches wondrously. Our desire to live longer commends expanding habitats, opening the gate for the degradation of other tribes. Come, whisper to the goddess of minuscule earth, we shall find a way to return to the land of generosity. Transform the unloved with our fertile joints. Save the bomb, the blade, the dagger. Since the diaspora, there has been strength to accomplish a thing of beauty, like willow trees slinging in a clean breeze. Above the Nile, dark currents are filled with historic echoes. Swim in them. Do not defy any flows. That stranger on the rock, his chiseled skin glistens in gold sweat, enchants the earth with its amorphous pheromone, weakens our knees to crawl and worship in ecstasy with whirling dervishes filled with joy. We will strive for this pulse, robust vibration de joie, feel the grace descending upon us to bless and pray. Words are irrelevant to the wonders of time. Body warmth speaks louder than eternity. 
Women, children, men form a circle together to receive messages. Look up to Jade Mountain or Mount Olympus. Chant in harmony with no fear. We, the people on this small and drifting planet, make efforts in being visible. Avoid gossamer ghosts. Though our plan derails repeatedly, creating countless damages, even the creator will be stunned speechless. Rock believes in redemption. What's thrown should have stayed in hands. River washes down everyone's dirt and wounds, lets the pure stay moist. Tree yields supplements to growth and power for the survival and convivial. No need to feel heartbroken. The fecund shall come from tragic nuances. The healing, in its infinite tenderness, lengthens the bliss, adding our journey with earthly edges, having meant no harm. Blurring the extreme, wiping down the sanctimonious, only the genuinely beloved will be embraced and shine. This hymn does not aim for the convoluted, a poet's brave and startling truth in nature speaks for all of us, hoping our inescapable past becomes the promise of a morning pulse. This is Radio Taiwan International. This is Status Update. Hello, and you've just tuned in to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Yes, happy November, and it's a new month, so we have a new topic for Taiwan Top Ten. Since it's our election month, it'll be related to elections. <laughs> it will. It's election season here in Taiwan. And, yeah. Uh, we'll be telling you about 10 things you can see, 10 interesting things you can see here in Taiwan. Oh, I'm excited about the list. During the election season. And often, yeah. I think as far as I'm aware, in most other places, things like this don't go on. Right. Yeah. And the way we do it here in Taiwan. Yes. <laughs> okay. It definitely has a unique local flavor. I know. I know. Really. Okay. Well, let's update our status first for yes. the first uh, episode of November. How have you been doing, John? Oh, well, I'll start off the month with some bad news, I guess. Oh, no. Uh, my apartment's been hit by termites. Yeah? How serious? Well, okay, we were able to... I don't know, it's like early prevention? What's the word? When you find out what's going on early on, so you're able to mm -hmm. stop the worst of it from happening. But yes, uh, I've got some wooden flooring that's been chewed up. Really? Uh, so it's sort of like concave. Well, that's pretty and serious. The, yeah, all the baseboard will probably need to be replaced as well. Oh, whoa, that's going to be a big job. Yeah. <sighs> so we've had an exterminator round, but there has been some damage to some books as well. Books? Yeah, I had to throw out some sort of secondhand bookcases that have been there for a long time. They were mm -hmm. completely fine when we brought them in, but the termites found them. So. Uh, oh, no. Were they like really precious books? They're replaceable. I'm just more concerned about how we're going to deal with uh, getting all this stuff replaced. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and how to deal with all the landlord through all, and all that stuff. So, so you're um, trying to... Well, actually, you can't. I mean, think about removing all the rest of the books before they get to them. <laughs> oh, um, well, the, all, everything else has been sort of moved to safety. Oh, so, good. And everything's been cleaned up and sprayed down, and there's been an exterminator around, like I said. They'll come back because huh. if they're in one apartment, chances yeah. are they're in all the others. In so, the building, so you can get rid of them, but they can 
Oh. Find their way back. So I don't know. Uh, ultimately, if we're gonna be staying in this place for oh, all so that much longer. Yeah, you guys could be thinking about moving. My roommate and myself. Yes. Oh, um, don't you just dread that? Absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a. Uh, I think uh, you know rent has gone up a lot of places, and we've got a pretty nice deal where we are right now. So oh. it would be a shame, but yeah. And hopefully, we're just gonna go on the assumption that we're not gonna be footing the bill for this because. It's not our place, but uh, yeah, not a lot of fun. That's that's how I spent the weekend. Oh no, <laughs> dealing with termites. A oh, fun you mean start to November? You only found out over the weekend. It's that... a recent. Yeah, it was a recent oh, discovery. And actually, it's probably been going on for I don't know. They're very quiet. I mean, I guess it was a bad idea moving into a place that had any wooden fixtures at all. I mean, we don't have the the climate for it here. We have yes. some. We have some wood paneling in this studio, actually. But I think we're some sort of more climate controlled. There's some dehumidifying going on and things like that. Yeah, uh, but this is it's a thing about uh, temples in Taiwan. A lot of times you'll go visit a historic temple and they'll be like, "Well, this was built in 17 something or other," and what they don't tell you is that they've rebuilt the thing a whole bunch of times because termites. <laughs> because of termites. Yeah, yeah, termite damage. It's always termite damage. Oh. All those wooden, very beautifully painted wooden pieces. Yes, they go, and it doesn't take that many decades for them to just be i mean what the wind and the rain don't do do termites breed better in like humid places or something because taipei is taiwan is just i'm not sure but again like you can't build you can't really use wood and expect it to survive here that sort of fixture it's like yeah you're right it is Mm. especially in northern taiwan we're very warm but also damp and humid i mean it rains a lot yeah Uh, there's moisture in the air and i'm not a bug expert but uh if that's the case no wonder uh, mm-hmm. so for whatever reason planning on building a home in taiwan uh, don't use wood and <laughs> you know leave out the dra- heavy draperies and stuff like that it will not last mm. it's no match for our climate i know really we have some better news though actually yes, for our listeners we do. and i think some of our listeners probably have already Hi. figured this out on their own mm-hmm. if you've been to our website recently you may notice some nice changes Oh, like major facelift. <laughs> it looks nice. Change over. Yeah, I'm actually liking a lot. Very pleased with how it looks these yes, days. Yes, we hope that you really like our new website uh, with lots more colorful pictures and bigger pictures, I would say. Right, you'll notice the layout's a bit different. Uh, yes. We're going to really emphasize the visual with oh, this yeah. new website. So, well, you'll also hear some changes in our news broadcast, for instance. And those also have to do with the website. So we're scrapping some things and putting in some new things as well. We're going to do it's a bit like a photo story, I guess. Mm. It's a new thing we're experimenting with here, and we're very excited about it, and we hope that you enjoy it too. So be sure to check out our new website, and uh, we'll listen out in our news broadcasts. You'll be hearing some new things. Right. There might be still some glitches. Some and hiccups, so, yes. Yeah, it, you know, if you get a moment, you can write us and let us know what those problems are, and we'll try to fix them as soon as we can. But we definitely want to make it more and more user-friendly for you. So um, we'd love to hear from you, uh, the good and the bad. <laughs> so, But uh, please do go visit our new website and let us know what you think. So leave us comments and uh, write us letters. So to write us letters, our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. If you're more of an email person, you can also reach us by email, and our address is is rti at rti.org.tw. Of course, you can also leave us a Facebook comment and let us know what you think. And we look forward to reading those as well. Please keep them coming our way. Yes. And now the first letter here I have is coming from, um, it doesn't have a name, so please do give your name. It does have an address, uh, email address. Uh, it looks like he listened in on October 23rd and at 9405 kilohertz 
from 1600 to 1700 UTC. It says this report is of conditions monitored in Sacramento, California, USA. Well, we're not broadcasting in North America at the wow. moment. So again, as I always say, the magic of shortwave. You can pick us up from all sorts of places you wouldn't expect. Yes. Thank you so much for trying. Um, although my report suggests only fair conditions, the signal was good enough from the perspective of listening on the West Coast of the USA. Good job to your engineers. Uh, here in Taiwan, a panel discussion on the question why seatbelts are not used on trains in Taiwan. Yes, that would have been talked about in the after of a serious uh, train crash um, about, I'd say, two weeks ago, mm. more than two weeks ago, yes, on our Puma Express train. Also, a panel discussion on the excessive use of plastic drink straws in Taiwan, creative solutions to eliminate the use of plastic drinking straws, yes. Okay, well, thank you so very much. Uh, do write us and let us know who you are. Give us your name. Thank you. We've got a letter here from Peter Ng, who's writing to us from Malaysia. It says, Sir and Ma'am, this is a reception report of Radio Taiwan International's broadcast in English, which I logged on October 8th, 2018. Uh, so this is dated October 9th. Uh, it's just come in now, though. So we're reading it today. This was at 0300 UTC, using the frequency of 15320 kilohertz. The details of this transmission are as follows. Uh, there was Curious John about the Confucius Temple in the spotlight about a U.S. citizen living in Taiwan. Classic shorts, Beautiful Women in Chinese History, Time Traveler, The Mapping of Taiwan, and On the Line, Relations with St. Kitts and Nevis, uh, one of Taiwan's Caribbean allies. All throughout the reception, conditions were pretty good, uh, fours and fives mostly. It says, appreciating your kind attention to have this report acknowledged and mail to me a QSL card of Radio Taiwan International. I use my digital Sony ICF SW40 portable radio to monitor your transmission. Thank you and, await you, and awaiting your reply. Regards, Peter Ng of Malaysia. Okay, now we're moving over to Japan. This is coming from Mikio Kohara of Osaka, Japan. He listened on October 10th. At 15320 kHz from 0300 to 0400 UTC, simple rating was uh, anywhere between 2 and 4. And um, he listened in on, I believe it was the, um, the, the live broadcast of our National Day celebrations on that very day, October 10th. Also, today in history, here in Taiwan, talk about the Taipei Bridge and electric scooter, Tainan's travel and camera, couple's opinion on wedding ceremonies. And then he listened to another program. It was an interview. He didn't quite get the name. It was an interview with a Canadian man living in Taipei, English language teacher, talking about life in Taiwan. Okay, the letter went on to say that uh, there was an interference station, NHK World Japanese Service for Southwest Asia on the same frequency that he listened to. Or it was either the Chinese trade station jamming or, or something else. Um, it was always noisy condition, but the contents were roughly understood. In October, a typhoon came in Osaka. And and heavy rain and wind blew strongly. Typhoon is becoming more and more serious year by year. Mm. Um, and then last word, uh, congratulations on the 107th National Day of the Republic of China. I, I could not listen to the ceremonial parade live program. Well, that's okay. And in fact, in yes. your case, uh, we had two feeds. There was another one going on in the next room, the next studio over in Japanese. So you could have switched back and forth. <laughs> we yes, had both going true. on at the same time. I think those were the live languages we had this year. So That's right. Actually, for your information, every year we do do it live in English and Japanese. So It's a multilingual affair. <laughs> so you're welcome to tune in. Thank you. So that was coming from Mikio Kohara of Osaka, Japan. We also have a letter here today from Shivendu Paul, and this is a more recent... This is a letter about a more recent broadcast, our October 23rd broadcast. 
It says, Dear English Service, Radio Taiwan International, Greetings for Happy Durga Puja Festival from India. I am Shivendu Paul, a regular listener of Radio Taiwan International. On October 23rd, I received good reception from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz using my Grundig YB80 receiver. Sinpo was 44444. So signal strength was good, but slight noise and overall reception was good. Under the program details, uh, it sounds like Shivendupal heard news, the news, here in Taiwan, Book of Odes, status update, one, and one more thing. And uh, he also sent a recording file of the programs and would like a verification card. Well, no problem there. Uh, it says we are waiting for your reply with best wishes and 73, Shivendupal of India. It's a Facebook roundup. Well, our star commenter of the week is Mizan Rahman, who seemed to appreciate a, a video we posted on October 30th about the Donggang Boat Burning Festival. And I think that's about wrapped up now. Mm. Um, I've always wanted to go to this event. You haven't made it yet. No, it's, okay. it's, it's kind of it's a bit difficult to get to from Taipei, mm. but... Uh, Definitely on my bucket list here. It only happens once every three years, so we'll have to oh, wait a very oh, long okay. time. <laughs> we have a long way to go to the next one. But All basically, right. they, it's a religious ceremony in which that lasts about a week, and they invite these gods to come up from the sea to draw away all the evil in the community and sickness. And then they send them back out with a bang, not, not into the sea. They, they build these sort of boats that the gods... To are, life size, right? Yeah, it's a, it, is a, it is a, I mean, I'm not sure if it's seaworthy or not, but mm. it, is, it is a ship, a real <laughs> ship. And they put it on the beach with the gods and their offerings inside and uh, set it ablaze. Mm. It's an enormous bonfire. <laughs> uh, definitely a colorful thing to see. And so Mizan Rahman wrote, excellent report. Uh, we hope the rest of you enjoyed it as well. It's, it's time, time for, for Taiwan Top 10. 10. As we've said, election season is upon us, and uh, you can see signs of it everywhere. Now, when it comes to elections, Taiwan has its own way of doing things, and this month we're going to tell you about 10 interesting things you see when an election comes to town. Number 10. We're going to start off this week with uh, some things you can get, either material things or things the candidate will, will do for you during the election time. Everyone's very nice and pleasant. <laughs> Yes. Before an election. They always do, don't they? <laughs> so I think we're going to start off with uh, some of the actual physical stuff, the goodies you can get during an election. And these are, of course, plastered with candidates' faces, names, and uh, other information about them, like what party they're running for. So what are some things that uh, you've seen this year, Shirley? Well, I think one very obvious one is uh, these packets of tissue paper. Oh, they're very useful. <laughs> yes. yes, they are. But, I mean, to be honest, I don't exactly want to carry around, uh, you know, this tissue packet with the faces of the, the, these candidates. It makes it look like you're supporting them, and that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> that's the thing, I mean, yeah. you just... Someone it just feels hand, awkward. Someone stood on a street corner and handed them out to you, and you went, well, I guess I could use a tissue, or you right. just wanted to be polite, so... Yeah. Um, I've seen fans, like the kind that you... Uh, Paper fans? Fan yourself. Yeah, fan yourself. It's a bit cold at the moment. I'm not sure how useful that'll be, but I saw them, you know, a few weeks ago when, you did. when things okay. were starting to, the races were starting to heat up. You even saw a back scratcher. Now tell yes, us about this. there's been some unusual ones. Well, this was actually a few years back okay. and it was in my neighborhood, someone running for city council, I think. I was handed a 
back scratcher. It's a fold-up back scratcher. So it has his like well, it doesn't have his picture on it, yeah, but it has really his name. Fit that onto a I know, back not scratcher. A, it's kind of yeah. a circular, cylindrical it's, object. I know. Well, it's but the this name. one is yeah, but the name, you know, maybe the number too. I forgot. I already gave it away to another friend yeah. <laughs> who can really make it into good use. But it's a fold-up white one, just plain white. But I thought it was very useful. I actually kept it at a radio station for a while, thinking yeah. that, you know, maybe I, you know, I need to scratch, you know, doing work or something. But um, that was really funny. One of the unusual ones, right. which you kind of, you feel you want to treasure it. So, yeah. so far more than just like a, a, a piece of clothing, like a hat or something. Like there's, there's a wide and creative variety of things you can yeah. get from candidates Even this time notebooks, of year. right? Even notebooks. That's true. Stationary. Yeah, stationary. Number nine. If you're lucky, in some local, very hyper-local elections, like neighborhood chief, for instance, you may be entitled to a meal. Not really entitled, but uh, there was a candidate who recently like, had a little food giveaway at their campaign office. Like, and like real food, not just candies. No, but no, I mean, no, no, there are food. some. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I think I'm trying to remember what there was. I didn't actually eat any of it, but I saw people like lined up around the block to get oh, some. Oh, wow. If there's a free giveaway, people will I line know. up. Anything so, for food. I think it was like a noodle soup, uh, sort of a rice noodle based soup and like uh, maybe one meatball. So it wasn't like a full meal. Oh, it was a small, but, it, but a very small bowl. Uh-huh. A little, a little slight snack, maybe. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a rule that there's a more than roughly one dollar US. Yeah. Uh, if it's worth more than that, it's considered bribery and not allowed. But if they can show that it, the amount of what they've given away is worth less than that, then it's fair game. Number eight. As we said, the candidates all get very. Very nice. Active. <laughs> and very inactive about this year. And we're splitting this into two parts. So today we're going to start with making themselves visible. What they will mm-hmm. do is uh, make campaign stops in places like night markets. So I saw one of the candidates for mayor in New Taipei City unexpectedly show up at a night market and just parade through surrounded by his security and hangers-on and so forth and just waving. And I was like... Right, and, and shaking so hands. Yeah, well, yeah, shaking um, hands with all the vendors, you know. It's a bit like, I guess... And again, I'm, I'm from the U.S., so my experience with elections outside of the U.S. and Taiwan is limited, but uh, I would compare it to showing up at a state fair and pretending to enjoy eating corn dogs or something like that. Uh, like, uh, make yeah, yeah, public yeah. appearances. And, but it's not just the big wigs that are doing this. Uh, even, like we said, these neighborhood chiefs and very smaller local, very local offices, mm-hmm. you know, your head of your block or whatever. Right. They'll stand on street corners and they'll wave to commuters in the morning, says hello and good morning to every, every single person. Reason, yeah. Okay, well, that's what we have for you this week uh, about elections in Taiwan, typically the Taiwanese way. But uh, do join us next week as we go along the list. It's really, really quite something to see if you were here during the election month in Taiwan. But in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us letters and let us know what you think about a new website. So you can always write us at PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Or you can reach us by email. Our address is rti at rti.org.tw. And of course, we'd love to read your Facebook comments. So please keep those coming our way as well. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Bye. Happy November.
Thank you so much for staying with us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan, back once again in the studio with Natalie So and Jake Chen. And we're going to leave you today with one more thing. And today we're going to tell you why almost a million people flooded the greater Tainan area. Area? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, that We're is my. Tired. That's no, my just kidding. <laughs> that is my regional accent <laughs> popping through, and possibly a little bit of stress on the side. Uh, Nellie, go ahead and tell us uh, what was going on. Apparently, it had something to do with a video game. Oh yes, you thought Pokemon Go was a thing of two years ago? Was it really oh, popular two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. Well, Tainan City, the government um, co-organized an event called the five-day Pokemon Go Safari Zone, where the Chime Museum and um, another major uh, park and also 30 hotspots, the Tainan Metropolitan Park and 30 hotspots around Tainan had special Pokemons. So, and I- nearly a million people showed up those five days. And basically, okay, so none of us in the studio have ever played Pokemon Go, is that correct? Unfortunately not. Or maybe fortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, um, but I think what it is, is you're supposed, you, what was special is you, there's some special kinds of unique Pokemons that you can encounter. Um, and you like, you like grab them or you like collect them? Yeah, it's based on the, uh, the, the technology called uh, augmented reality. So through your cell phone, through the game, you can still see your actual surroundings. But with three-dimensional virtual animals scattered in your surroundings and you need to approach them and, and grab them, sort of add to your collection kind of thing. I don't get the appeal, you know, now that I explained the whole thing. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you actually have to play it in order to get the appeal. Because clearly none of us have played it or gotten into it. Um, yeah. Well, you know, there's one guy, the most popular guy there was a 70-year-old man who um, drove down all the way from New Taipei City, you know, up north, oh. with 15 phones and nine portable chargers. Wait, 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 wait. So that's like a four-hour drive, and he had 15, how do you even look at them all at the same time? I don't know how he managed it. He must have had some kind of like big like board that he had all the phones on and like... And he probably, I'm guessing he stuck, he hang some of the phones on the inside and the outside of his jacket and he had to constantly look. So a lot of people took their picture with him because uh, he was a novel. I've definitely seen like people walking around with three phones before, which I think is already super nuts. Yeah, um, I've seen those. I saw a guy on the, the, um, the uh, what do you call it, on the MRT. Hmm. He had three phones. One of the phones, he was watching a video, like a TED Talk or something. Right. One of the phones, he was playing like Candy Crush. Oh, wow. And then the third one, he was like FaceTiming with his kid. And I was oh like, Oh my gosh. Oh, what a dad. <laughs> that is crazy. A, I was like, I couldn't. How can you keep your head in those three places at the same time? Well, that's the thing. It's like you're sharing your kid with a game. It's like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. You're, oh you're shape up. You know? Essentially giving your child a third of your attention. That's not cool. Really. And not. probably not even a third of it. Because, like, at any given time, you're not giving that 100% to all three of those things, right? Yeah. So this this weekend, what they they had this new Pokemon called Shiny Pinsir. Okay, mm. <laughs> that's my favorite. And you know, also, I've been wanting that uh, one for a long. One no, that's I have no usually idea. only found in New Zealand called Relicanth, and also um, Relicant. Yeah, Relicudent. <laughs> also, a psychic type Doesn't called sound very positive. Uh, Unown. Okay. 
So I guess that was the appeal, these very rare Pokemons that could be caught in Tainan. So if you play Pokemon Go and you get the appeal, please send us a letter. I would love to learn more about this. You can send us also, like, just leave us a, a message on Facebook or, or send us an email as well. I'm on our Facebook page today and see how uh, Andrew de-stresses <laughs> de- before here in Taiwan. <laughs> When it's been a stressful day, you know, you can't walk into your show with that, like, that, like, evil look on your face, like you're going to kill the next person who walks in front of you, right? That's a good way mm-hmm. to do it. Just get it out some way. Got to get it out, man. Somehow, somehow. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'll have injur- in- internal injuries. And, <laughs> yeah. That's not good for anybody. It's definitely not good for me. <laughs> so, yeah, go on our Facebook page. See how we de-stress in the studio. Um, and share your ideas with us. We'd love to hear about it. But thank you so much for joining us for uh, this program and all of our programs here today at Radio Taiwan International. On behalf of the English Service, I'm Andrew Ryan, wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also, visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.